It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, hey, good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in here to Talent Talk and joining me uh, as we have two wonderful guests again here on Tuesday uh, to fill our Talent Talk airwave. So, Kese, you uh, haven't been into the show before if, if you're new to the show welcome uh give me a little rundown on how things work um you know i really have had the privilege of meeting so many really cool and interesting people doing so much around talent and engagement and leadership and culture uh you name it and i love to have conversations with people to find out what they're doing how they're doing it uh pick their brains on the cool things that we could learn from them and so out of that came this show and now every Tuesday we show up and we have those conversations with two, usually two, uh, uh, two guests. So from all of this, I've been doing this now for four or five years, and uh, just to read uh, my first book, The Power of Company Culture, which is really filled with stories from my own company and many, many bits of wisdoms and stories that we have accumulated from uh, these fantastic guests we've had on the show. So hop on Amazon, feel free to check that out, uh, The Power of Company Culture. Um, as I mentioned, Talent Talk is live here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, but most people actually access us after the fact. They get us on iTunes or on iHeartRadio. And for the last several years, we've been kind of averaging over 10,000 people a day coming in and downloading at least one of our uh, episodes. So big thank you to everyone who's listening. Love to have you keep it up. Um, in fact, we'd love to even know more if you want to interact with us on Twitter. You can do so. You can tweet questions to us live or after the fact by sending them to at people G2. Use that hashtag talent talk. Usually if our users are, excuse me, our guests have um, a Twitter handle, it'll be on our feed there. Uh, my producer, Mike, will try to feed me in any questions we have. And if it's after the show, we look forward to interacting with you there as well. So um, my two guests today for the show, uh, first one will be Darren Simmons, president of CDI Corporation. And then after the commercial break, we'll bring in Nicole Mack, uh, the National Director of Recruiting for MMC Workforce Services. Um, but let's go ahead and get to my first guest. Uh, Darren, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. So I heard that you might be stuck in the middle of a blizzard. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can keep you on the on the call and uh, nothing nothing weird happens. But why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you're doing over there at uh, CDI? Yeah, that's great. Uh, a little bit about, about myself is I've uh, been in the uh, professional services and human capital uh, sector for about 25 years uh, in various roles uh, between sales, operational, and, and general management and leadership. 
uh, moved around the country a little bit, and also operated globally in about uh, 40 different countries uh, doing those uh, professional services and human capital work. Uh, my passion has been global business, but also just innovation uh, and uh, technology creation and adoption within the human capital space. So I spent a lot of time uh, uh, focusing on those topics. Uh, you're right. I'm right in Minneapolis today, uh, and there's eight inches of snow coming down. And uh, I live in Arizona, and I forgot to bring my coat. So it's been a, a tremendous day so far, but really excited to be here with you today. <laughs> so I visit Minneapolis often, and being a California resident, um, I often struggle to have the right wardrobe because I just don't have that many layers or the right jacket. Uh, when it's, I mean, you know, I bring my orange ski jacket and I look silly walking in for my business meeting. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine coming from Arizona, you're really you're really stuck. Yeah, it was uh, 92 degrees yesterday, and uh, I'm dealing with 15 degrees today, so quite the swing. Quite the swing. Well, that's uh, that's what it's like, I guess, uh, moving around the country. Well, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your work as president of CDI. Um, maybe you could talk uh, to begin with here. Where what are some of the greatest achievements you've seen, and what are some of the big wins that you're really kind of proud of in leading an organization like CDI? Great question. Uh, you know, I've been with the organization just about three years now, and CDI has a, a long history and, and a very incredible brand, and it's been in, uh, you know, in operation for 50, 60, 70 years, and uh, through many uh, turns and gyrations through those years, and the last three years has been a very, very exciting uh, uh, turn of events for the company. Uh, we've expanded into uh, multiple sectors, including uh, some higher-end human capital uh, uh, services. Uh, we went uh, from a public company to a private company with a uh, private equity company uh, taking the reins from a, from a capital infusion perspective. Uh, but what I'm most proud of is the uh, trajectory that the people uh, within the company have have taken us on to in the last couple of years, where we've started seeing growth in, in certain sectors and starting to seeing uh, much better uh, capital conversion in terms of profitability. Uh, and it's been a result of, of just some hard work by, by a lot of people on the team and, uh, you know, a focus and a, and a concentration on creating value for our clients. So I, I guess I think our, our greatest achievement would be just the, uh, the, the story of, uh, of where our company is headed right now. So often uh, when I meet uh, our different listeners, you know, sometimes uh, people have different um, suggestions and, and things they like to see. And one of the ones I get most often is they say, hey, you know, sometimes I don't know the term you're using or your guest is using. So maybe you could dive a little deeper into what does human capital mean? What does that mean for you guys and what you're doing in your work every day uh, that people could understand in a very practical level? That's a great question. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I believe human capital will be. It, it's certainly, you know, people and the assets and talents and strengths that they bring uh, to the table. And uh, that uh, strengths or talents can, can be leveraged as an asset, if you will, or, or human uh, capital term being that. And that asset uh, uh, to use to create value. And that value uh, can be in many, many forms. It can be in the, in the form of connecting people with people. It could be, you know, production value of making things. And it could be in just organizing things. So uh, I believe everybody has a value they can offer in, in every situation. It's really digging underneath the covers, understanding what that value is, uh, tapping into that value to maximize it, and then harnessing it uh, to, to create something uh, uh, for purpose. So when we talk about human capital, it's really tapping into that wealth and pool of assets uh, of human talent all around the world. You know, you identify yourself as an innovator and one that creates value inside organizations. Uh, when you consider your role in the human capital recruitment and management area, 
what is it that you wish you know maybe more people understood about the effect of talent, uh, especially you know how individuals can come into companies and, and change the value or really you know impact organizations. You know the the role of work has changed significantly both in people's lives, but how companies are, are viewing talent today. I think, you know, the old talent model was you join a company for life, and it's been many, many years since that's gone by the wayside. And as the gig economy has taken off, it's been more how do we match up specific talent uh, assets to specific talent needs and really making that match happen. So when, when I think about innovation, it comes in several different buckets about not only making that match happen, but maximizing the match to get to the output. So we can think in terms of talent identification, uh, talent uh, assessment, uh, but more importantly, talent deployment. And um, a lot of people are throwing the word talent engagement out these days, and I'm a big believer in engagement, but there's a layer underneath talent engagement that I think is much more important, and that's talent connectedness. We can engage with people all the time, we can interact with people all the time, but if we're not connected in a meaningful way to our talent, we can't get the most out of them. So when, when I think about innovation, it's along those different areas and how do we uh, uh, create uh, value in those different areas for both companies and the people themselves. Right, right, absolutely. Well, what are some of the maybe transformative ways that uh, you've been uh, sort of able to create uh, things under your own leadership or to help companies maybe in a global market space um, really help and maintain and manage their talent um, that they already have. I mean, we always talk a lot about getting, you know, the best talent or recruiting the best talent, but I often see that some of the best companies do a really remarkable job at getting the most out of what they have and then really get helping those people grow and, and become better. Uh, where are you kind of seeing that sit? Yeah, I think there's a, a cycle there, and I think you touched on it. There's the acquisition of talent, and uh, I may make a, a bold statement here that talent acquisition is dead. We don't get to own talent anymore. We get to borrow that talent and engage that talent. So I, I think the, the most innovative companies have embraced that fact and treat talent like they have to um, – uh, sell to them every day to make something good happen instead of uh, buy and put them on a shelf and expect them to perform. So uh, the most high-performing companies that I see treat their talent like they're the most important asset every day, and that gets back to the connectedness uh, and engagement piece of it. So going back to the concept I mentioned that talent acquisition is dead, I think the, the most you know innovative companies have uh, looked at their talent model and said, how do I borrow that talent? How do I get that talent to uh, join my organization for the time that I need it? And then how do I get the most out of that talent? And how do we engage talent in, in the channel in which they want to engage? So the old model would have been we'd hired somebody directly. Now we can hire somebody directly. We can hire them as a contractor. We can payroll them. We can hire them on a 1099 basis. We can buy that by piecework. And there's multiple technology platforms that are not only enabling that engagement of talent, but companies are now viewing each of those individual channels as legitimate and beneficial ways to create a workforce to create output. So uh, a lot of the work that we're doing at CDI uh, is tackling how to integrate those different channels for our com company and provide consultative advice and help in each of those channels to uh, get the talent in the door and engage properly. 
Where do you think talent sits in the equation? Uh, if you look at a really high-performing organization, and we can define that as meeting their goals, maybe being leaders in their industry, um, being incredibly innovative, things like that. Where does talent and that, you know, properly managing that talent fall in the spectrum of those different things that go into being a, a high performer or high performing organization? Um, I, I believe talent is, is the raw material for that to happen. But what you do with the talent and, and how you interact with that talent creates the high performance. So just having that raw talent in the organization will not determine success. It will be talent plus culture plus execution uh, will you know, lead to a, a very strong outcome. So just getting the talent in the door, as I mentioned, is only the first step. It's really uh, how how do you build a culture? How, how do you lead that talent? How do you create a plan and, and a path to, to get to great outcomes? Yeah, and I've had, uh, you know, CEOs and leaders argue that it's just about getting that perfect talent, that perfect person in the door. And yet, you know, we see so many examples out in the world. I mean, we could use sports as them. I mean, we, there's been sports teams that, throughout history that have had far more talented uh, people on their team, and yet they didn't win any as many games or achieve as much as some other team that, you know, they utilize their talent in the best way and they manage their people the best way and have the right coaches and mentors around to help them get the most out of it. Did you see organizations making that mistake, relying too much on just the talent, not not the process and not the, the pieces around it? Yeah, I think the the mistake I see most often made is that uh, the acquisition of talent and then the use of talent once it's inside the company is disconnected. So there's a fundamental breakdown of what kind of talent should be acquired, whether it's hard skill or soft skill to bring into the organization and, and in what uh, mode of employment, if you will, they should bring them in. Uh, so I often see uh, people hiring for A, uh, when they really need B, and while they bring in a, a great person with skill set A, it doesn't meet where they need to go as a business. So really trying to identify what the talent needs are is, is critical. Uh, companies also, in my opinion, have, have a big deficit in, in strategic workforce planning. Um, I think we do a great job as companies of planning headcount and planning costs, but we don't do a good job of planning skills that we need and how do we either make buyer rent those skills over a three to five year horizon and what skills are going to be needed to be transformative for, for the company in the future. So, so some really key things on my mind are, are those topics and not just uh, uh, bringing the talent into the organization. Well, switching gears a little bit, I'm wondering, um, thinking back over your own career and your own growth as a leader, um, maybe what has been some of the more influential events or processes or things that you've gone through that maybe kind of helped to find who you are, uh, maybe kind of the building blocks of your leadership style? Yeah, that's great. I think I'll take you through a couple points. Uh, I went and uh, got a graduate degree, an MBA from a place called Thunderbird, which is the top-ranked school for global management in the world. And uh, in addition to all the basic finance and strategy and things like that, this school uh, taught remarkably well the importance of managing people in different cultures and how you can lead people in different cultures and how people receive and get information and how to respect how different people may view information. And, and it forced me through that process to, to really take a hard look at not only how I communicate, but also how I engage people and very thoughtful around that. And I found during my, my career that while I certainly um, 
had the technical skills and felt like I had the leadership skills. It was one dimensional from a cultural standpoint and, and operating globally and, and with that education really honed my ability to be able to drive a, a connected message down to my people. So that uh, w- was clearly one of them. Um, I, I remember I, uh, early in my career, embarked on, on a big board level project on deploying a, a large uh, software tool for an organization and we technically got everything right and we went to deploy this this tool and uh, it failed miserably and in reflection on on the failure there what was important for me as a leader is as we looked at checking boxes and making sure the technical aspects of right we didn't gain the support of the people to make the technical platform be part of the business and and that was just a huge epiphany for me in uh, a learning from a failure point in my career which was uh, the the people in the change management process can be as or more important than than actual uh, technical specifications uh, around something so so those, those two things I point back to as really pivotal moments in, in my leadership development so you take all of this that you've learned and everything you're doing now um, how does that then translate into you know what your culture is like uh, at CDI, yeah. As we uh, look at the culture within CDI, it's it's one I like to describe, and, and it's kind of my leadership mantra, which is uh, empowerment with accountability. Is is we want to turn people loose and, and let them do their incredible best work, uh, but also hold people accountable for for getting things done. And and that's just really really important uh, for me is to make sure that people are enabled and empowered and and feel like they're contributing not only to the organization but they're our client and themselves. Uh, the accountability part is is really important as as it helps us drive results. And, and that culture uh, of uh, of empowering people has served as well. And it's been a cultural change for us as uh, we've moved the needle on the company in the last couple of years. What advice would you give to leaders of organizations on on how to best create or you know maintain their own company culture? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you know we talk about culture, and culture is this amorphous thing of either words or actions. And um, I like to uh, talk about culture as values that we uh, espouse to be, but also a collection of experiences that we have in a company that help shape our decision making and our behaviors. So uh, for other leaders out there, lessons learned from me is, is be clear and, and descriptive about the words that we choose to describe the culture. Clearly model the behaviors that you want to see personally. Reward the behaviors that reinforce the culture and deal swiftly with behaviors that go counter to the culture that you're trying to create. Um, some of the toughest leadership choices I've had to make is high-performing individuals that are going against the culture of the company and maybe causing damage in some way, but still actually performing a good job. But what do you do with those individuals and how do you treat them? Uh, it's been my experience that while they're tough decisions to make, you have to get them to conform or bought into the culture or move them out of the organization. So I'm a very, very strong believer of having an aligned set of core beliefs and values and aligned set of behaviors that are repeatable, demonstrable, that everybody can point to uh, to say this is how we do it. And that's always tough. I mean, you have those people that um, I've seen it both ways. Um, They are incredibly uh, locked into the culture. They're feeding the culture. They're a great fit in the company, and maybe they're not performing very well. And you have those people that are performing spectacularly well and aren't fitting into the culture and actually kind of causing you know a little little disharmony. So those are some of the real opportunities that 
managers and HR folks have to to make some really impactful uh, decisions that could help or could could, could make uh, some real you know uh, uh, waves in the company right if it's not handled correctly. So you bring up some great points there. Um, the other thing I was wondering is if there is a this is kind of a new question we've added this year. Um, kind of get this from uh, Tim Ferriss's latest book. Um, and that is, you know, is there a gadget or an app or, or something that you're using now, uh, that's really kind of helped you, uh, in your work or in your life or that, that people might want to check out or be interested in? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, not as a product endorsement, but I, I just recently upgraded to the iPhone X and, and along with it, I bought a pair of these, uh, wireless earphones, the, the AirPods. And yeah. I have to tell you, it's changed the game for me a little bit. And uh, I use them not only for phone calls, but I use them also to help for, uh, you know, voice recognition for either dictating notes or dictating things like that. And I've become a more verbal type of worker than uh, I have been more of a typer. And um, it's allowed me to change my work style a little bit to, to more thoughtful in the way I think. Uh, I don't think I'm a very good typist by any means, but think that I work better in being able to speak out loud and, and just, I guess, embracing uh, that whole voice-enabled kind of uh, services that are out there has, has really changed uh, the way I work recently. Yeah, not to make a complete uh, 180 here on our conversation and get into an Apple debate, but, um, you know, I, I, I kind of view myself as an early adopter. I like to, you know, try the newest thing right away, and I was a big holdout on the AirPods. I, you know, I, I was not happy when uh, Apple decided to get rid of its headphone jack and move to the, the different one they had, uh, mostly because I use so many devices as a musician and different things where I need a headphone jack and then having to have a dongle and all this other stuff. But when I went to the AirPods, finally, I actually was really happy with them. And um, as someone who could misplace his keys in about three seconds, um, I thought I would probably lose the headphones in about five seconds. And remarkably, I haven't. The little case kind of keeps things organized and charged. And I would say anyone out there, if they have I've been holding out, it's probably a good investment, a good thing to check out. It really, really is. Uh, they work really well. And especially if your ears work well with the current version. I know some people's ears are the, the wrong size and all that. But yeah, I, it's, a, it's a, certainly a good suggestion you bring up. How about, um, think, what, yeah. what, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry, go ahead. I was just going to add on from that. I, I think when I see some business applications today, I think, I think the future of business applications is really going to be voice driven and or, you, you know, getting away from the, the, the typing. And, and we see a lot of innovation happening in, in the human capital space around that through uh, both AI and some machine learning stuff that's really speeding up some of the processes that are, are starting out as voice enabled recognition. So I was just going to add in there that I think, you know, in addition to the fun little gadget, um, there, there's quite a few AI and machine learning apps out in our sector that, that are taking hold for recruitment process work uh, as well as business application work. Yeah, absolutely. And it's be really fascinating to see what happens in the next five, ten years with, with some of this. We, we had such a big push and change in technology. It feels like we've slowed down a little bit and there may be some, another wave coming with, with AI and some of the ways in which we work. Um, I was in a hotel in Vienna the other day, and there was no hotel, in the, uh, no uh, telephone in the room. You had to either contact them through the TV or walk downstairs and go talk to them. So, kind of fascinating how they changed. Uh, things are changed, and and there's reasons behind it, and how will people handle the handle that? So, from a user experience standpoint, um, 
Uh, I'm wondering what if there's a book you're reading right now, or if not, one that you tend to suggest to people that uh, you know our, our, our listeners might want to check out. Uh, great question. What I threw in the bag this time is a book that I keep on the shelf. It, it's something that I read from time to time. It's uh, Execution by uh, Larry Bossidy and Ram Charan. So it's, it, it's been out for some time. Um, I think it's a very you know straightforward business uh, book. Uh, it really deals, uh, I believe, with, with some fundamental issues of uh, thinking of execution as a set of tactics uh, and, and sometimes leaders focus on big picture items or what they call big picture items, but tend to lose sight of uh, the discipline maybe of getting things done. And so I, I find it to be a good uh, book as a reminder and a refresher for me from a leadership perspective of, of creating uh, a, a, an ecosystem, if you will, of time and focus that, that's a very balanced ecosystem between strategy as well as creating a discipline or a culture of, of getting things done. So I'm, I'm a big personal fan of that book and think it's a good uh, a reminder for everybody on, on how to go tackle things. Yeah, sounds like a great book uh, to check out, um, and our listeners should uh, definitely remember to jot that one down and head over to Amazon, wherever they buy books, and uh, look it up. So I, I, you've mentioned a lot of great things here on the show today, and we're just about we're kind of wrapping up. Um, you know, if somebody was not paying attention as much as they should have, or maybe if you just wanted to make sure they heard one thing, if they only remembered one thing from our conversation today, what is it you hope they might take away as a as a great takeaway or a summary or, or a point that they could go back and use in their in their daily lives? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be an elongated point, but I think the point is, is we're, at, we're at a really interesting inflection point where uh, talent is, is becoming more and more visible, accessible, and leverageable as an asset. And as companies and leaders and, and practitioners uh, in this space, we, we, we need to focus on gaining access to that asset and being able to to extract maximum value from that asset. And in order to do that as a human capital services company, as a leader in this space, and as our fellow leaders in this space, we need to practice what we preach and start uh, within our own organizations to be able to leverage uh, our own internal assets to create value for our clients. So um, I personally am incredibly excited about the time we're in uh, now. I think uh, the next five to seven years in our space is gonna show uh, incredible change through some of the gadgets that we spoke about, but also uh, just through adoption of some some new and innovative business models. Well, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more, they want to uh, use your services, whatever it may be? What's the best way for them to find out more about CDI Corporation? Uh, you can absolutely just drop me an email at uh, darren.simons at cdicorp.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-N dot S-I-M. ONS at cdicorp.com and happy to uh, interact with anybody. Well, fantastic. Darren, thank you so much for being a part of our show today, giving our listeners some really great things to think about uh, for their own careers and experience. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then wrap the show up and uh, we'll be right back. Buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. 
By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. Thanks again for being a part of the show. Looks like we're going to wrap up earlier today. We'll maybe run another interview uh, from the past. Um, Next week, we'll have on the show uh, Tom Darrow, founder and principal Talent Connections, uh, LLC, and uh, Career Spa LLC, and then also Jay Mattern, CEO of People Inc. Group. Uh, they'll both be on the show. We look forward to a great show. Until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.